goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome, my friends. Bo Snurdly's Rush Hour. It is Thursday. You are welcome to give us a call here. At WABC 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us, 800-848-9222. And what a Thursday it is. Of course, we are looking at news in Washington, D.C., news overseas. Thursday means Andrew Giuliani will be joining us for our Thursday discussion. I'm very much looking forward to that. Where to begin, where to begin? We should begin today with news about the House Speaker. Or rather, I should say the non-House Speaker, because we don't have one. We have an interim Speaker, another one of the McFails. I'm borrowing a phrase from Princess Diana, a McFail. Uh, She said there were three McFails before uh, Kevin McCarthy was ousted from his leadership role. McPhail 1 would be McConnell. McPhail 2 was McCarthy. And McPhail 3 was McDaniel over at the uh, RNC. Of course, that McPhail was gone, and now we have an interim McPhail, this guy that's uh, McHenry, who is filling in for McCarthy. So another McPhail. Third vote was called off by Jim Jordan, and things are ugly. I had a telephone call with a very dear friend who is a Washington insider and has been a, and I mean a real insider, runs an organization in Washington, a political organization, I will not say which one, but deals with members and deals with members of the House, deals with donors, deals with Lobbyist deals with an inside insider. And what she's told me was that she has never in the almost 20 some odd years she's worked in Washington, D.C., she has never seen things this ugly inside the city. That right now there are lifelong friends, people that have been friends for decades that are no longer speaking to each other over this speaker's thing. Uh, she, I'm just going to tell you straight and I'm not, don't shoot the messenger politically or otherwise just telling you what I heard. And I was, and I pushed back on it and she was adamant. She said, and I quote, a lot of this is Trump's fault. I'm like, oh, here we go with this blame Donald Trump nonsense. She says, no, 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 no. Understand what I'm saying. If Trump had just simply 
kept out of it and not made anything to do with with Jordan that it he Jordan would have had a much better chance because what she's saying in so many words of the moderates in Washington D.C. and their anger and hatred for Donald Trump and once that he it looked like he was on Jordan's side that was the 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 kiss of death for Jordan with these moderates okay also what she told me was the campaign to get Jordan in has been so ugly that people have been threatened and it just made them dig it. Now I've been reading that in the newspaper. So that didn't come as a, as a surprise to me. Now a word about that. As long as we have been following politics, many of us, we have understood that one of the ways that politicians and leadership get things done is by threatening. If you don't do this, then this. If you don't go with me here, then these are the consequences. You won't get this position you want. You won't get that what you want. And this is how leadership runs a conference. They use the carrot and the stick. This is not anything new to politics. This is part of the political process. People use the power that they have and leverage it to get what they want. But what is being said is that this time, some of these threats to some of the leaders there on the, the these moderates have just put their noses so far out of joint that they will never, ever vote for Kevin, uh, not Kevin, not the McPhail. They won't vote for Jim Jordan. And now, my friend, you, you might be saying at this point, well, she must be an anti No, no, no. She knows Jim Jordan, likes Jim, Jim Jordan. They have a good dialogue together. But what she also says is, listen, there was a lot of animosity over the Scalise thing and the way that the Scalise was handled. And these Republican op- operatives for the Jordan campaign decided to use the fact that Steve Scalise is fighting cancer as a weapon against him. And had they not done that, they would have had some support from people. People just are backed up. They are outraged over all of this. Now, in any of this discussion, have you heard anything at all about what is good for the country? Have you heard anything at all about what is good for the Republican Party as a whole? Have you heard anything beyond personal gripes? And believe me, personal gripes are powerful, and I get that. There's a new story in The Hill today. Representative Bacon, he's one of the main detractors. Representative Bacon says his wife had to sleep with a loaded gun under her pillow. She got ugly phone calls. I what? What? His wife is sleeping with a loaded gun under the pillow. How bad are the phone calls? Well, they go into detail. Representative Don Bacon, Republican Nebraska, said Thursday his wife slept with a loaded gun after receiving more threatening calls from voters. That would be some of you people out there. From voters who were angry that he voted against Representative Jim Jordan's speakership bid. 
She had terrible calls. They can tell reporters, I didn't sleep well last night. I called her. I said, go, how you doing? She said, I slept really good. I, I, had, a, I had a loaded gun in my pillow. So there was some, some uh, it was ugly calls, he says. Now, I have an example of one of the ugly calls. It's in the Hill article. This is, folks, I brace yourselves. I don't know whether you're going to be hand, be able to handle the ugly here. This is ugly with a, this is so ugly, it's ugly. It's a capital U. It's ugly. It's ugly, ugly, ugly. Sit down if you're not sitting down because this is so ugly it might knock you off your feet. It's just horrendous. It's terrible. It's worse than anything you could have ever anticipated that a politician's wife would ever be told. It is ugly, 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 ugly. All right, here's the call. He took a screenshot of it, Representative Bacon did. They're out there in Nebraska, by the way. So here's the screen. Here's what it said. Here's a text message that was sent to Representative Bacon's wife. This terrible, horrible, horrific message. One of the messages that made her sleep with a loaded gun underneath her pillow. Or, well, no, I'm not going to go there. Um, Okay. Why is your husband causing such chaos by not supporting Jim Jordan? Question mark. I thought he was a team player. Your husband will not hold any political office ever again. What a disappointment and a failure he is. <gasps> Isn't that terrible? Isn't that just horrible? It's Have you ever heard of anything so terrible? She went and got the gun. After and put the gun underneath her pillow and then put I wonder if it was in my pillow. And then she and then she put her head on that pillow with the gun underneath. I'm assuming it was underneath the pillow. Maybe it wasn't. Okay, anyway. Again, did you get the horror of the message that demands a news story today in the hill? Do you hear how how horrible this is? How ugly, how ugly this is. So ugly. Why is your husband causing chaos by not supporting Jim Jordan? I thought he was a team player. Your husband will not hold any political office ever again. What a disappointment and failure he is. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. I don't know in the history of political messages whether we've ever heard a political message that resonated with the ugliness that this one did, my friends, it is terrible. So anyway, the moderates are upset. Their wives are getting text messages. Now look, to be to be totally candid, do I like the fact that voters will call a representative's wife and leave ugly messages like this? Ugly, hey, oh, so ugly. On their telephone, no. No. Maybe, maybe, well, I've got an idea, James. What's your idea? I've got an idea, brilliant idea here. What's your idea? Maybe if they started actually taking calls from the constituents at the representative's office, some of these voters 
might not have to think they'd have to reach out. The only way they can reach out is through the representatives' wives and husbands. Maybe they should just take the calls at the office. <gasps> well, you know, you might be going, remember we had that call from that sweet lady yesterday? That very sweet lady. She called her. She called that guy Lalota's office over there in Long Island. And Ryan, Ryan, the guy working in that office, Ryan told her he didn't have time for her. Hang up the bloody phone. Get off my phone. Get lost. Go do something that's physically and anatomically impossible to do to yourself. Maybe, maybe, if they were taking calls from their constituents' offices, maybe these voters wouldn't resort to try to reach people at home. You think? Oh, I don't know about that, James. Some of these people are just ugly. Okay, fine. Uh, on Jake Tapper, CNN, Bacon responded to the threat saying, if they think a pressure campaign or bullying campaign is going to work for me, it's not. He's a brave one, you see. He's very brave. Good morning, his wife. He's a brave one. He said, he said people were calling his wife anonymously as well. She recorded some of them. It's so wrong. Some people are so mad. They don't care what boundaries they cross, but it's not right. We can like each other and still disagree. Oh, yeah, baby, we can. Don't think I'm making light of this, folks. I am not, well, I'm making light of the fact that this is ugly. That was an ugly call. Your husband's not a team player. He's done in office. What a disappointment and felt. That's not ugly. That's just a, anyway, but I don't like the idea that people are so angry that they would call the wives and the spouses of the candidates, of the, of the, of the politicians, call the politicians. Why are people this angry? And that maybe that's worth a quick discussion. Why are, why are some of these people this angry? I'll tell you one reason. One reason why conservatives are so angry is because year after year, decade after decade, conservative candidates are told, grab the ankles, get ready, here it comes, and you have to go along the way of moderates or Democrats. And that's it. There's no alternative. If the moderates want something good, you guys want to put up a moderate president for candidate? Okay. For president? Okay. So we'll put up a, somebody like a Mitt Romney or a John McCain, the late John McCain, or Mitt Romney. And all you conservatives are expected to go out, raise money for those guys, and do what? And work for them, and then go on election day and vote for them, and then you do that because why? You're for the party. You good old conservatives, we're for the party. We want to see the party advance. So they do that. And then the candidate loses because they are lim they're, they're horrible candidates in the first place, like John McCain was a horrible candidate, like Mitt Romney was a horrible candidate, and Paul Ryan, let's not forget him either. So all the time, conservatives are expected to just bend over, grab the ankles, whatever, hold their nose at whatever moderates want to play, and we're expected to back their play. But any time a conservative gets in any position, the moderates do what? 
the moderates. These are the hate Trump people. They said, what did these good old moderates do? They said, we'd rather go vote for Hillary Clinton than vote for Donald Trump. And some of them did it. And then some of them formed these groups, these anti-Trump groups. And we've seen this over and over again. Conservatives are expected to back the moderates' play. Moderates will never back a conservative's play. They'd rather work with Democrats. That's why conservatives are so angry. 1985, aha, went number one on the singles charts. With this one. Take on me. You know, they're Norwegian. They're the first Norwegian group to score a U.S. number one singles hit. WABC 800-848-WABC is the number to reach us. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. The Rush Hour is on the air. Attention Ditto Heads. Attention Bo Scouts. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah. Spencer Davis Group. You know, 2020, Spencer Davis checked out. He died at age 81. Welsh. He's a Welsh guy. Guitarist was the driving force behind what? The Spencer Davis Group. Hey! They made a music video for this, didn't they? I never saw the music video for this. I'll go. I'll go look for it. Yeah. You know what this reminds me of? It kind of reminds me of Sam and Dave. Yeah. It's kind of got that whole Sam and Dave energy. Yeah, baby, Spencer Davis group. America's small caffeinated mom has checked in. She says, Rhonda Schrock, America's small caffeinated mom, says, hey, these squabbling Republicans, honestly, really, the third grade call, they want them all back. Yes, Rhonda, they do sound like a bunch of third graders. But this is who you send to, to Washington. Oh, and the Countess of Conspiracy has checked in. Folks. I don't even know how to begin to do this one. The Countess of Conspiracy sent me a story this morning which absolutely left me rattled. I have been making fun 
There's no other way to put it. I have been making fun. Look, the Countess of Conspiracy comes up with some stuff once in a while. Like I told you guys, I say, you know what? I didn't think this was possible, but she was right about this. She was right about that. But then some of this other stuff that the Countess of Conspiracy comes up with, the 5G stuff. Oh, better not have those 5G networks, the 5G, blah, 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 blah. I've been making fun of this stuff for months, if not years, right? And 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 so I I even hesitate to tell you this. There is a story today, and it's on the National Institute of Health website. And it says, this is the, the headline of this published piece, evidence for, connect, evidence for a Connection Between Coronavirus Disease 19 and Exposure to Radiofrequency Radiation from Wireless Communications, Including 5G. And it is a study. that is looking into the effects of 5G radiation. I, I posted it on Twitter. If if you're into, I, I cannot believe it, but it's there. It is a real study, and it is by the NIH. I am not a doctor. I am not going to go through this study, but I will tell you that I have to apologize to the Countess of Conspiracy for ridicule. The And I gave her heavy doses of ridicule. Every time she brought up this 5G stuff, I just started. Oh, there you go again, you freaking kooks. You kooks make me, you kooks. Everything. Oh, there's a 5G tower. Better not stand underneath it. We might all fry. Well, the NIH has today a study looking at the effects that 5G has on people with Corona-19. What next? What next? There are a lot of things, as you know, happening across the water. Oh, you're already away. You're already aware of this. Sidney Powell has decided that she would plead guilty in the Georgia election interference case. Word is she's going to testify. That's what's being reported. She's going to testify against Donald Trump. Now, I know Sidney Powell. I have a nice picture with Sidney Powell from years ago. And we shall see how this plays out. Okay, turning overseas. U.S. bases in Syria attacked by drones in the latest act of violence over U.S. support of Israel. Two military sites in Syria hosting American and partner troops came under drone attacks. Today, latest uptick of violence. How long, my friends, and what are we looking at here? I'm just running through headlines 
You can find that story at the Daily BS today if you want to go into it further. I will give you some headlines because that is what we have time for in this two minutes before the next break. America should stop funding this compromised UN agency whose employees praise Palestinian extremism. Americans should stop funding the UNRWA, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East, because of the statements that they have been making despite the number of tax dollars, $6 billion since 1950, that the United States has put in to that UN organization. No, she shouldn't call in and tell me she told me so, Lisa. I'm getting all kind of, look, I, I apologize. And that's as far as I'm going for the ridicule. So maybe there is something to this 5G stuff after. I haven't read the full study. I'm not a doctor. I don't even know half the stuff I'm reading in it. So I'm going to send it out for medical peer review with people that do know so they can tell me what's really in this. And by the way, if this study concludes at five, well, they did the study. Well, let me start. But anyway, yeah, counter to conspiracy score one. But I am not entertaining any calls with I told you so stuff. We got to take a break, ladies and gentlemen. I am so looking forward to speaking with Andrew Giuliani. This, oh, it's a sad day in music for me. William Hart, Delphonic. Was born on this date. It's not sad, but he's passed away. I believe, yeah. Wilbert Hart, lead singer for the Delphonics. This one, you all know Lala means I love you. So many other hits from the Delphonics. Born in 1947 and produced, written by one of my very, 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 very favorite songwriters, composers, musicians of all time. The one, the only Tom Bell. On WABC. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah, coming back in with the Delphonics. This one didn't I blow your mind this time. I think this was their third, third or fourth album. Anyway, big hit for the Delphonics here on WABC. With us, ladies and gentlemen, I so look forward to our Thursday chat, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, how are you today? 
James, always great to be with you. And I got to compliment you on your opening segment because your monologue really, really nailed it. You always nail it, but especially today in terms of really painting this House Speaker's race for what it is. It's the swamp. It's the uniparty versus the, let's call them, I don't want to call it the Trump group there, but I think it's those representatives that have gone to Washington, D.C. that look at it really for what it should be and what it is, which is going there to serve their constituents and realizing that their job is not to amass power for them, but it's actually go in and represent the voices of their constituents. Now, they have been in the media, and thank you for that, Andrew. They've been saying to us, you know, this is embarrassing. This this taking down of Kevin McCarthy, this is just embarrassing, and we don't like it. And do they not think that this squabble they're having with 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 Jim Jordan is embarrassing? Do they not think that this reveal, and you, we've got four legislators from the New York area that are part of this 20, 20 moderates that are now standing up and flexing their muscles and saying our way or the highway. How are they any different than what they claim is are, are those members of the party who are embarrassing them by demanding change? Nowhere in their discussion, nowhere in this discussion, Andrew, are they talking about the fact that Kevin McCarthy lied to the Republican conference. He told them that he would restore the regular order in the House, and he would allow them to have committee vote out the appropriations bills, and we could have a regular order budget, not these continuing resolutions, not these last-minute deals where everybody gets to throw in pork as much as they want to because they're under the gun to make a deal before the government shuts down. He lied to them. And so what they're saying to us, these moderates, they're mad because when they got called out on the lie, when their speaker got called out on the lie, that he wasn't allowed to continue doing business as usual. And now they're mad because they don't want one of these damn conservatives in the speaker role, and they're all talking about, well, what legislative victories has Jim Jordan have? To 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 Mike, what legislative victories have Republicans had? Yeah, it, it's a great point, Bo. And I would look at it this way too, right? When you think about these CRs, because these continuing res- resolutions versus uh, what you talk about, which is regular order. Um, the CRs really allow for this pork process to, to continue and really this haze to be about over Washington, where people really don't know, if you will, it's more of the, hey, we have to vote for it before we can know what's in it, versus actually going through the process, going through the appropriations process, going through the committee process, where guess what? These members, or at least their staff, because I don't know if all these members learn about it, at least their staff can really learn about what's in these massive bills because it takes time this is not something that really you want to fund the government over the course of a cr that's really done overnight basically and so that when we are talking about actually looking at government which is a problem which is a massive problem and how much money is is controlled in washington dc this is a big part in terms of rolling it back getting back to regular order and bo you would know this has it been 26 27 years since we've actually had regular order, is that right? It's been it's been at least two. It and has a half been years. almost that long. We have been through over get this, 
over 100 continuing resolutions have been funding this government. Over 100 of them. And this, and so so combine, you combine that with this, Andrew. And Rush used to talk about this. I remember the first time Rush talked about this, it blew my mind because I never heard this. The way that Congress budgets in the first place is through this thing called baseline budgeting. So they establish a norm. This was last year's budget. And by law, that's the starting point of next year with written in increases so that it is the law of the United States that every year we are going to spend more money than we did the year before. And that is the way that Congress creates the budget in the first place. And they have never addressed that. You tell me one business that could operate like this. No matter what happens, no matter what the economic conditions are, we're going to spend more money next year and not look back. I'll tell you, there are a lot of businesses, but they're out of business after a little bit. That's what ends up happening if you end up operating right. like that. It's a complete disaster, and, and we all see that. And I, and I think, you know, you make a great point about these New York Republicans, these four specific New York Republicans that seem to be stomping their feet right now. Um, one of the reasons why they got elected is because you had New Yorkers in their districts that were frustrated with the way that Washington operates. Now, I know that's a big term, the way that Washington operates, but we could even just talk about it. We've, we've talked about the pork in there. We've talked about just how big Washington has got, how little transparency New Yorkers, Americans feel like they're actually getting from their government, from their representatives. Um, and I think these House members, these 20 House members, I think they're going to have some really, really rough constituents meetings when they come back. Um, I know that you ended up mentioning uh, Rep Bacon, I believe it was, and his wife. Look, yes. Nobody ever, ever wants to see somebody's family get reached out to like that. But look, in terms of politics, I had a death threat against me when I was 13 years old. This is just the stuff that ends up happening, you know? You end up realizing, like, hey, look, this is you get some crazy people in this thing, and people are going to you know, act out, and you just hope that nobody ends up getting so personal as they end up actually taking action right there. So you shouldn't have anything like that. But let's also realize that this is part of the game over here. And just, you know, everybody relax a little bit in terms of this. Let's not try to make a big story and try to galvanize people because somebody was unhappy with your job performance. I'll tell you the truth. I think I saw a poll. 14% of Americans are satisfied with Congress's job performance. And I got to tell you, I haven't met any of those 14% of people because there aren't many people that I know that are satisfied with their performance. And that includes even the elected representatives that I know. A lot of them aren't happy and wouldn't be in that 14%. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you, you you mentioned a great point. Let me tell you, I know congressmen, and I'm sure you do too, who get elected, they go to Washington, and it's like a Mr. Smith goes to Washington meets reality. Because once they're there, they realize that they really don't have any power in the Congress because all the decisions are made from the speakership. And the speakers have amassed so much power and taken the power. Your representative that you send there with the hopes of, oh, well, they can make amendments. They can introduce legislation. That le- No, the speaker controls what gets to the floor, what doesn't. The speaker can flow, c- controls the rules committee. The Rules Committee's sole job is, and I heard this from a good congressman friend of mine, the only the only job of the Rules Committee is to make sure that what the Speaker doesn't want on the floor doesn't get on the floor no matter what. And so these congressmen go there, and basically 
They're just expected to be uh, rubber stamps for whatever the speaker wants. And this is not, and that's why returning regular order means giving back your elected congressmen and women the power that many of you voters think they have in the first place. This is why it's so important that these things occur. This is not a small matter. And you have these groups of moderates that are standing up there saying, no, no, no. Let's not have the power put in the hands of elected officials. Let's have them all just give it to the Speaker of the House. This is wrong. You know, this is a little bit off topic, but I I do think it kind of gives people a better idea of, of the swamp in general. And this is the executive branch. But I can tell you, maybe I've said this before, because I've definitely said it to other people before. I think I've said it publicly as well. You know, in the four years that I was in the Trump administration, I would say the best, most productive month that the administration had was when the government was shut down for the entire month. I believe it was January. It was around January of 2019. It was his third year, January of 2019. And I'll tell you why it was one of the most productive months, even though they were fighting against the Democratic House at that point, is because you did not have the bureaucrats in Washington, D.C., in these agencies that were fighting against this. I know that's not a perfect analogy for what Congress is going through right now, but it does give people an idea of really how the swamp fights against, in many ways, the people's interests and how it's built to do that, how, how it's built to build power and to continue to build power that doesn't necessarily answer to Americans. And so for me, to see members of Congress, and you could think whatever you want about Matt Gates. I have a relationship with the guy, so I actually like the guy. And I think he's actually going in there and trying to address a problem that has been standing for decades and decades and decades. And people don't want to hear it. And you might say, hey, look, it was bad timing with the attack in Israel, which certainly it may have been very bad timing in terms of how that ended up ended up playing out right there and how it appears in the media. But but I think he and I think some conservatives, they're looking to address a major institutional problem and not necessarily solve it, because I'd be naive to think that you could actually solve it in one Congress, but at least to take a step in the right direction in returning some of that transparency to the people, to their constituents versus, like you said, just kind of be this cloud of leadership rubber stamp here. And you're going to do it, or guess what? We're going to spend a whole lot of money on a primary candidate against you. Matt Gates was booed by the conference. He tried to speak up at a meeting, and they said, the report said, I have this story here uh, somewhere in my stacks of things, that nearly everyone in the room shouted at him, booed him, and told him to sit down and shut up. He is hated because he actually upset the apple cart in yeah. Washington DC, I sent you a story earlier that was written from Tip Insights. That um, uh, the editorial board of TIPP—they do great polling work, by the way. One of the most accurate pollsters in America. Sorry to interrupt you. They were the ones that got the 2016 election right, if I remember, weren't they? That's exactly right. Yeah. They exactly right. Most accurate pollsters in presidential cycles—the last five cycles. Anyway, they have an editorial board over at Tips. It's called Tips Insight. There was a story today, the battle for America's soul is playing out in Washington. Let me just go through and read for, for the listeners, and then I would like you to see whether you agree with this, Andrew. When Florida Congressman Matt Getz launched his successful bid to out uh, Kevin McCarthy, he had no idea he was opening up a Pandora's box. In the box, there are two partitions. One contains the uniparty types 
the Democrats, the never-Trumpers, military-industrial complex, lobbyists, who have been brilliantly described by former President Trump as the swamp. The other includes, the other partition includes politicians to the right who believe in an America first agenda. And he says these are the two factions that are playing out right now in this battle over Jim Jordan. The Uniparty, Democrats, never Trumpers, military industrial complex, the lobbyists on one side, the America first people on the other. What, you, what is your take on that? Yeah, I think that's I, I think that's pretty accurate. And uh, look, going back to Gates, I think you can argue that, hey, look, the timing probably on this, uh, considering, you know, he didn't know that there was going to be an attack by Gaza, by uh, Hamas in Israel. Uh, and the timing probably from his standpoint could have been, uh, he, he couldn't have known this stuff, right? So sometimes the timing on this is tough. But I think that's absolutely right. And I think that speaks to exactly what we've been talking about here, which is you have a Congress that has just gotten completely out of control. And, and you could just go back to, you know, the idea that you have to raise your budget each year and you realize just how broken this actually is. And I think you have a large majority of the Republican uh, conference that is hearing from their constituents saying, hey, we do not like what is going on in Washington. We came here, we, we elected you to represent us, uh, and you're making deals here with the other side. Which, look, part of that is, is what Congress does, right? You have to end up, you realize you're not going to get your way 100% of the time. But also, if you've been elected with the goal of limiting government, of making government smaller, uh, and you're just going to rubber stamp these continued uh, lack of transparency bills that continue to get passed, uh, then of course your constituents are going to be upset with you. So I think this, I think that article was was very well nailed, uh, and I certainly agree with uh, with the premise. Andrew Giuliani, thank you so much. Look forward to chatting with you next Thursday. Thanks as always. Always a Dan. pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Time for Lou Dobbs. We are going in with Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. The guy who plays the sax riff on this. Raphael Ravenscroft. Died on this day in 2014. He was paid like 30 bucks or something like that for this session. Not much. And then the check bounced. It's on his solicitor's wall. And at the time, they were saying this song, this song earned a Jerry Rafferty about 80 grand a year in royalties. 30 grand for the sacks. I mean, $30 for a session and the check bounce. Yeah. Time to check in with Lou Dobbs. This is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Shreed O'Birds. Peter Tosh born today. Peter Tosh guitar vocals with the Whalers. He left the group in 1974. Let me tell you folks, 77 WABC on October 25th. With the backing of that great company, Ramsey Mazda, 
will back the blue with special programming all day long. To all police officers everywhere, thank you for your honor, your dedication as you protect and you serve. You can download the 77 WABC app, listen all day. October 25th is WABC and Ramsey Mazda. Back the blue. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, presents Rapid Phones. Let's get started with David in Staten Island, New York. David, you are on Rapid Phones. What is on your mind? No person Republican in the Mueller Inquisition will be Speaker of the House. The second thing is, Mar-a-Lago had cameras where they turned off by the FBI. I don't know. I wasn't there that night. Adam in Minneola, my man, Adam, what is on your mind this afternoon? I'm waiting. Adam, are you there? Adam in Minneola, your time is up. Let's go to Ed in Greenwich, Connecticut. How are you, Ed? I'm doing great. How are you today, Bob? Very well. What's on your mind? I'm thinking over in... Israel, why don't they put a bounty on the heads of these terrorists and rewards for any hostages returned unharmed? You know, I I don't know that is a good idea, and I don't know whether they're doing it or not. I appreciate the call so much, Ed. Let's go to John in New Jersey. Hello, John. How are you? Doing great, Bo. Uh, regarding the uh, vote in the House for the Speaker, I think they're making the good the enemy of the perfect. You can't be a perfect situation, so they should just settle for good, and hopefully we get something done that's fruitful. Who do you want to see as Speaker, very quickly? Do you have a choice? Right now, I want to see uh, Matt Gates. That's what I want to see. Whoa. Well, okay, thank you. That'll never, the moderates will never, ever, ever, they want to run him out of town. If tar and feathering were legal, he'd be tarred and feathered. Let's go to Roger in Rockland County. You are up next on Rapid Phones. How you doing, Bo? Always a pleasure to uh, come on on, uh, on your show. You, you do a great job, and you do rush a great service. Uh, thank you, my friend. Yeah. So Thank you. The big thing is up in Rockland, you know, we have Mike Lawler, um, who I know you have uh, had, you know, quite quite a few issues with over um, over the last several months, especially. Um, I I actually supported him tremendously to help get him elected, and I'm very disappointed in his uh, stance. Um, a against Matt Gates, which was uh, Andrew Giuliani put it perfectly. Um, enough is enough. You know, we, we can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know, the definition of insanity is, uh, you know, as as they say. And I, I've, I've called him, written to him. Um, he's at One Blue Hill Plaza in Pearl River, and I have a whole group of people. We're going to go, you know, visit him and say, look, Jim Jordan's the best congressman we could have ever had up for the speakership. And to have not voted for him, well, we'll vote you out if uh, and. I have my other ideas, and this is rapid phone, so I won't uh, take any more of your time. But Well, Roger, you call us back. Always a pleasure to hear from you, my friend. And that will have to be that for today. 
May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Love and gratitude, sincere gratitude for your being here with me and allowing me to be with you. God willing, we will do it again tomorrow at 4 o'clock for Bold Snurley's Rush Hour, the Friday edition. Bye.